guys so much for uh, coming back to the Conscious Man podcast. We have a special guest coming all the way from Barcelona, Spain. Uh, he's the author of a book. Uh, he's been on a, a journey of self-discovery for uh, many years, and he is, uh, he's a brother. Uh, he is a great man doing great things in the world, and I'm honored to have him on the podcast. And as you guys know, as the listener knows, this podcast is about growth and development. It's about people who are interested in growing themselves up, in learning more about how to navigate life in a more conscious way. And uh, when I came across Martin, I was immediately taken by uh, his, his youth and how uh, far along on the path he was. Uh, it took me until I was in my 50s to, to wake up. Uh, and it's really refreshing to see younger men waking up sooner and uh, stepping into the role of leadership and doing something about it and helping to heal the world. So I'm going to pass the mic over to Martin and uh, let him tell you guys a little bit about himself, where he is in the world. And uh, we're going to have a little dance and have some fun and talk and uh, <laughs> see if we can serve you guys. Martin, take it away, bro. Amazing, man. Thank you so much. That's a very... Very humbling intro. I appreciate it. Yeah, like you said, I'm, I'm a masculinity coach. That's the label I go by. Mm. Based in Barcelona, Spain. And yeah, I, I work with men. I help men overcome insecurity and live fully through their purpose, which is a very big umbrella of, of men's growth. I just, I just found that these are the words that, that resonate the most with, with men that, that I speak to. I think that we're going through a very, very interesting time when we have such high levels of technology and connectedness, there's so much opportunity out there for growth. You can get any sort of information, any sort of project you can start up and, um, and go so far with it. And yet we are so disconnected, not only from, from other people, you know, maybe that's a bit of a cliche of being disconnected from other people and being on our phones and stuff like that. But I mean, we are very much disconnected from ourselves as human beings and as as men uh, we are very much disconnected from our masculine essence i'll mm. say and and when i say masculine essence what i mean is simply the the type of energy that leads that initiates the proactive penetrating sort of energy uh, i really like david data's definition of masculine he says that um the masculine is always seeking freedom through pursuing a mission. That's the type of masculine energy um, that I'm talking about, right? I'm not talking about yeah. some Harley Davidson writing and, and ribeye steak eating masculinity. That's, a, that's a more of a social construct. I'm just talking about that sort of energy. And that's what I help uh, other men ground themselves in. And that's what I've been working on grounding myself, myself in for the past, I'll say four or five years, which uh, you said it well, Scott, I'm not... Uh, I'm not an elder mentor type just yet. I've been told that uh, life starts at 50. So I'm still, I'm still doing the, you know, I'm, I'm, still, <laughs> doing the, I'm still doing the demo version, but yeah. I'm doing my best at it. And, and yeah, yeah, you know, I'm actually originally from a small country in, um, in Central Eastern Europe called Hungary. It's a small oh, yeah. Country. Yeah. I've noticed that in your bio. Budapest, where uh, Gabor Mate is from, man. Exactly uh, where Gabor Mate is from, yes. Yeah, uh, 
please continue, man. I, that, I, I'm familiar with the country and I didn't yeah, mean to throw right. you off there, brother. That's awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm happy you've heard of it because, you know, it is a small country. So a lot of the times when I speak to someone from the States, from Canada, from Australia, uh, they're just not very familiar. You know, it's like, oh, okay, one of, one of those countries in Europe. I mean, there's a lot of small countries packed into one space, but I'm from there originally. And I've lived around in different places in Europe. I've lived in Turkey. And I live in Barcelona, Spain. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful city to live in. It's a very thriving city, especially for, for conscious living, for, mm. for personal and spiritual self-development. So I really found a home here. And I'm, and I'm working here, man. I'm working on myself on a daily basis. It's a continuous journey, you know, and I'm just sharing everything that I've learned and that, I'm, that I keep learning with whoever I, I get to share with. Yeah, I noticed, you know, prior to this, you started a business. I think you opened up a restaurant. Oh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that, the, the restaurant didn't, or things didn't go the way you had planned, and you end up being fired from your own project. So, That's like, right. in, in most, you know, in most circles, we think of that as failure, uh, or, it, you know, that was bad. And I think yeah. that's such a polarized way of looking at it. And from what I'm getting from you is, you know, you saw an opportunity for growth there. I don't know if you did in the midst of it, but, you know, maybe you could share with some of the young men and some of the, you know, and the, and the women, the listeners that, you know, that was an opportunity for you to grow. It was a lesson that needed to be learned for you to ascend to this level or to the next level. It wasn't a failure. I'm sure it hurt, I imagine. And, but it didn't keep you from pursuing or moving forward. You didn't stay stuck from what I'm understanding. Yeah. Yeah, no, man. It, uh, that was a very, that was a very, very interesting experience to go through, honestly, because from, from the very beginning, um, the reason I jumped into that project is because I felt, I felt a lack, I felt a void. I felt like I had something to prove. Mm. Previously I'd been working in sales. I'd worked in marketing and, um, and I was, I was getting into things like um, healthy food and healthy lifestyle and stuff like that. And I just had a friend that I really looked up to come to me and say, hey, man, uh, have you got the opportunity to open a restaurant? Like my family's got this spot by the beach and, 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 and wow. they, just, they told me we can jump on this and make whatever we make out of it. You want to do it? And I said, heck yeah, I want to do it. But yeah. mostly because I didn't have that grounded purpose within myself to say, no, I got my own shit going on. Let me think about this for a minute. I was just like, oh, something to fill this void and make me feel like I am working on something. Let me jump on this immediately. And so I jumped on it immediately. And, you know, what I was truly interested in at that time even was yoga and personal development, spiritual development and, and, and nourishment through food and through space and through connecting with other people. And I wanted to take that into the context of a restaurant which could, okay. could lead to a really, really interesting project, right? Yeah, and that's absolutely. what was happening there. Um, my friend, John, is, a, is an incredible, he's a, he's a branding and marketing consultant. And he took a break from that to work on this restaurant. So we're both completely new to the hospitality business. Mm -hmm. And long story short, in order to manage the whole thing, we had to take a lot of new team members on board. Uh, some, some of his family members were investors in the project. And... Uh, step-by-step step, things just fell apart and through work politics i basically got pushed out of the project even though we were the people putting together the branding the logo running errands for the restaurant and figuring all those things out 
due to no fault in, in, in anyone really, neither him or his family, everyone was just doing their best in what they thought was the way to go. Sure. And that led to me, um, I, I got injured. I was, uh, mm. I, I am, I'm a Muay Thai obsessed uh, martial arts fan, right? So I was yeah. at the time and I got a knee injury that stopped me from, uh, from walking for like three, three months, I would say. Wow. I was barely limping. So I, I had to start working there physically. And, and, and yeah, that ended up being my, uh, that ended up being the excuse or the, the opportunity to get me off the team to fire me. And yeah, man, that was a very painful moment because yeah, we just spent months and months. I mean, just sitting from 8 a.m. to like 9, 10 p.m. in the office, trying to figure everything out. I didn't, we, we, neither of us speak, spoke at the time, neither of us spoke fluent Spanish. That's, that, that was the experience where I learned my Spanish, really. Uh, and so we were trying to figure out everything our own, on our own with the help of, of another team member of two. And, man, oof, it was a very intense experience. It was, it was really like the pain of, yeah, putting something, creating something from nothing. You know, it really felt like our baby. It was called Kaimana. Oh. It's, it is what still is it? Kaimana, actually. And okay. to this day, the restaurant still runs. And they make good food as a restaurant, it's a, but the original concept is gone. You know, the events and, um, and all those different aspects that I mentioned in the beginning that I wanted to bring to the table, they are completely gone. It functions as a regular restaurant and they make good food. You know, I'm happy with the yeah. food. They make and uh, we're on friendly terms with everyone who works there, even though their team is changing all the time. But yeah, so that was like a big, you know, that was like a piece of my heart, my baby just mm. ripped out ripped out completely and man i went into a big went into a big depression after that or depression might be a strong word you know i went into a a a, a, a rut a really big sure. rut injured with my knee fired for my my own project uh yeah. i had to go on government benefits i uh i was just smoking pot at home like all day every day and yeah. and uh, not in a constructive way not in the intentional spiritual practice kind of way <laughs> And was like, it in a way that was like to numb the, numb the pain exactly, kind of way? Intelligent, let me numb the pain kind of way. So that, that's what came of that. However, however, overcoming that has been, I would say maybe in my top five of, uh, <laughs> of overcoming obstacles, life experiences, it wasn't the, wasn't the hardest one, but it was in the top five that definitely yeah. gave me so much experience. You know, it taught me that, I don't need to be a restaurant events manager, coordinator, uh, guy mm -hmm. to be someone, you know, I don't need, I don't need this title, this business card to show in people's faces when I go to any type of social gathering. Right. My, my own feeling of self-worth doesn't need to come from people talking about like, Oh, he's a restaurant guy. He, he, he got the restaurant. Right. Because yeah. that's what it was that attracted me so much in that project. Well, I, that's a great point. And I think that's a great point to like, let the listener know, like, I feel like we're at, and especially as men, we are these producers and we are the, what it says on our business card and what yeah. we've accomplished. And I'm really curious to know that how it is that you came to the point or the understanding that, which is a deep knowing that yeah. you aren't defined by any of those things and to stand mm. strongly in yourself 
as a man, as a human being, and saying, you know what? I, I learned a lesson from that, and I don't need the title. I don't need the accolades. Uh, and then what do you, where did you go after that? Like, yeah. how did you figure that out and then come out of the pain and the shame and the depression? And then, you know, what was the process there? I, I let, I'm really curious to let the listener know, because I imagine if, and I, I imagine the listener to be a lot like us, man or woman that are stuck in places that they feel, you know, it, there's no way out. And it sounded like maybe you felt that way in the midst of that, but you found your way out through the pain, through the difficult times. So maybe share with the listener how you did that, man. And I'm curious too, man. Sure thing. I, I love, I love the way you summarize that. You said it perfectly. You said it perfectly. And uh, that's great. Yeah. Well, basically what happened after that was that um, I sunk into a very deep rut. Um, like I said, just indulging in, in, into, in, in cannabis, which was like my, um, my, my biggest vice, you could say, you know, I'm an, sure. I'm an all or nothing type of person. So I kind of just smoke sometimes. You same, same with you. Yeah. Yeah. I I've think been I'm sober for 18 years, man. But when I was indulging, it was all or nothing. Oh uh, yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of us guys that go into the self development space do it because we are all or nothing people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I do feel you on that. Yeah, for sure. It's like yeah. I'm going to all in uh, fitness, spirituality, growth and development. Like it, it's a yeah. I'm all in on that. And it doesn't feel like I'm I'm hiding for some from something, although I know that we can use growth and development. You know, yeah. Let me take one more class. Let me do one more exactly and for me. I noticed that's me. Like I gotta take one more class before I can launch my business. Because yeah. so, I'm afraid to fail or I'm afraid yeah. to succeed more more often than not that can be the case too for sure that can be the case too i feel like me joining that restaurant project for example was was a great example of that because that was three years ago and just before the opportunity came along i was already doing my coaching practice uh, in fact before that it was the first time that i had an official coaching client right that somebody oh, wow. was like hey yes i want you to be my coach I will, I'll pay you for your services that you provide. And that person was extremely happy. Mm. And however, it took a lot of hard work and it was a very big unknown territory. So when somebody came along and was like, hey, here's a laid out plan, much quicker, comes with a lot more status, much more widely accepted in society, much more understood. Uh, you want to jump on this? And yeah. I felt like, hmm. Yes, I want it. You know, I want it quicker. I don't want to. I don't want to put in another two months of uncertainty and and struggle and hard work and dancing with the unknown to to find my next two, three, four people that I'm going to journey with as a coach. You know, so I jumped in that opportunity, and when it when it like you said, when it kind of collapsed, and that whole identity got taken away from me, and I was like, holy shit, who who am I? You know, it wasn't only that yeah. the restaurant was taken away from me. I could also not do yoga. I could not work out. I could not do Muay Thai, which was a big part of my identity. I was a fighter. You know, I was, I actually injured my knee training for my third, third amateur fight on a, on a winning streak and everything. So <laughs> there was a lot of yeah, that. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just, well, now I understand the depression. You couldn't do any of the things you loved. You lost your identity completely. Mm. It reminds me of this thing that's happening in the world now. 
What a perfect time to meditate. What a perfect time yeah. to be still. What a perfect time to be with your experience and in, in, in yourself to get clear on what it is. Because it sounds like prior to that, you had a lot of distractions. Now your body's breaking down. Now you're at the whole infrastructure is breaking down and you're left yeah. with being with you, you know? Yes. And that's, I mean, it sounds really hard and I imagine it was for you, but I look at the smile on your face and where you are now. And I'm like, I'm imagining it was all worth it to be oh, in this place. Absolutely. But it, yeah. But you don't know that when you're sitting in the shit, right? Well, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of knew and I didn't know, like when I would be done with a meditation session or something I'll, and I would do my gratefulness journal, they're the two habits that I had even at that time. Oh, that's you know? great. Even at that time I was like, yeah, okay. This, this shit sucks. You know, I can't, I can't leave my, I'm limping. Like go to the grocery store is a challenge. Uh, and so I just indulged in my two biggest vices. And for me, that was uh, weed and women, you know, and not, mm. and, and, and I guess that was just my way of connecting with, with the feminine at that time. But that was also a very indulgent sort of way in the beginning. And it took me a few months to feel that those things will not fill the void. You know, right. I was a crippled. Sex. Yeah. Go on. No, no, no. I was going to say sex, drugs and rock and roll like that. <laughs> you can't smoke it, fuck it, snort it, drink it, fight it. You can't you can't do any of those things to make the pain go away. You got to kind of face no. it head on. Exactly. That's exactly what I discovered. Uh, and, you know, I was like this this limping dude. And somehow I still managed to to somehow see a, a, a few women. Uh, per week and, 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 and get my friends to bring me cannabis and just be home in the haze. And I'll be like jumping around on one leg, doing pushups, listening to hip hop music at home. And that was like my day basically. Okay. And then after, after like a month or two, I was just like, man, this shit is not, this is not the way, you know, this, I, I cannot live my life like this. I cannot, th there's a big void. There's like a gaping hole in my being and the restaurant didn't fill it, and this weed is not filling it, and these girls that I'm casually seeing are not filling it, and just, you know, just fucking around in life is not filling it. And that's when um, two things happen. One is that I, I had met my girlfriend that I'm, that I'm currently with, that I'm currently having a thriving relationships with, relationship with, and I completely reevaluated how I look at women in my life. And that was, that was a process that began even before I met her. I started realizing like, man, these one night stands and these casual encounters, uh, they might satisfy my animalistic instinct, my physical craving, but they don't satisfy my spiritual longing for feminine companionship. And I could feel that there's so many deeper layers to that. And so I stopped, I stopped seeing the, the women that I was on a surface level with. And I, I felt that there was not that much more to be explored. And I, and I found my girlfriend meditating on, on the beach as soon as I could walk oh. well enough to, to go down there and, and, and at least do a bit of, you know, as much as I could with my injured knee, like do a bit of stretching and yoga and whatnot. And I found her sitting there meditating, looking at the waves, looking gorgeous and I thought man I have to have to talk to this woman and long story short I did talk to her and 
a month later, this is where the shift really happened. I did talk to her. We started dating, each, dating, seeing each other. And I was still in the same state, but she accepted me as the crippled stoner lover archetype mm. that I was, you know? That's awesome. Yeah. I guess I was still fun. You know, I was still fun and whatever. And so yeah, it sounds like she loved you right where you were at. So that, I mean, right there speaks volumes to this woman. Like she, yeah. you didn't have to put on a mask. You were yeah. authentically who you were mm. and she still loved you. And I think that, yeah. you know, that speaks a lot to, you know, to her, man. That's sure. fantastic. I do want to say though, I do want to say this to, to men who might take this as a sign that they just got to wait for their queen that's meditating somewhere on a beach. They just got to like go out there and find her. That's not the case. You know, I would, I would look at this as this was one, like, it was like a trigger event for, for the next stuff to happen. And it was a beautiful, beautiful transition into the next period, which happened this way. She was the person that got me out of this little bubble that I was in, you know, for another person that's in a rut, that's in a bubble. It can be anyone. It can be a parent. It can be a friend. It can be a stranger on the street that gets you out of the bubble. It can be your own self initiative. But my girlfriend that, that who just became my girlfriend at that time, got me out of the bubble by taking me on a trip to Tuscany, Italy for her birthday. Oh. Right? And yeah. she's, a big, yeah. she's a big wine lover, so that was, that was okay. the <laughs> So you met her on the beach. She, you snapped out of your surface level you know, relationship, mm. drug-induced haze. Yeah, and now she's calling you forward, or or you feel called to become more than just that archetype, like the warrior. You're now you're yeah. stepping into the warrior, like leaving well, that. Not, not well, just yet, not just yet, okay. not just yet. At this point, I'm still I'm still a little bit in the haze, and I'm just like, wow, this this woman is wow. She, you know, it's it's not a girl, it's a woman. Right. So I'm I'm definitely feeling a bit challenged. I'm like, wow, am I am I like, you know, am I a boy or am I a man? Right. What, what really right. makes a man, right? Well, could you speak to that a little bit more? I, I'm curious, like, to the men. Like, there, yeah. you know, th there's nothing wrong with having sex if that's in, – in having surface-level relationships, if that's what you want to do and that's where you're at. But yeah. it sounded like you were ready for more and you wanted more, and, yeah. you know, then all of a sudden the opportunity shows up. But I think there's a lot of men out there that, are looking for more, but they're stuck in, you know, the surface level thing. So what would you say to them to, to get them to the next level as far as the way that, I mean, you know, you did it. I don't know if there's a, you know, there's not a cookie cutter, no. you know, well, path there's, to that. There's definitely, there's definitely a feel to it. You know, there's definitely a feel to it. Uh, I feel, I definitely feel that companionship is a natural way for us humans to exist. In, in any way, shape, and form, you know, whatever your sexual preferences is, whatever, if whether it's a monogamous or polygamous or poly, like whatever, you know, whatever form fits your needs. Uh, but companionship is definitely our natural way to exist. And what I see a lot of guys doing is they get into the modern dating scene and it's very confusing with there's online dating and there's the new, you do, you, the new dating culture centering itself around casual sex and not centering itself so much around soul and heart connection, you know, and maybe also centering itself around um, aesthetic and, and status, like social aesthetic, mm -hmm. right? Like, oh, I'm this type of guy, so I gotta have this type of girl. I'm this type of right. girl, so I'll only do it for this type of guy. 
You know, I think that can get very confusing and it can lead to guys thinking, oh, there's no, how many times have you heard this? There's no good women out there. But all, all the time, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that all the time. Yeah. And, and another thing that I think is, is unfamiliar to a lot of men is heart centered. Yeah. Being a heart centered man, like mm. that took me until I was like in my late forties to understand. So maybe mm. speak to both of those things. Like sure. no good women is because perhaps I'm not living in my heart or in my purpose. That's why I'm not attracting any, you know, that the inner, you know, the good woman, because I'm mm. not a good man. We're always pointing Ooh. the finger and projecting over there. Right. Boom, man. You, you, you said it, you said it better than I could have ever said it. Yes. The type of person you are, by your thoughts, actions, and just overall character is the kind of people you're going to attract around yourselves, whether that's friends or any type of relationship, you know, uh, the, the feminine energy that as a man, and this applies to, to, to women too, you know, this applies to all human beings, but man, they get into this sort of mindset like, oh, all the good women are taken or there's no places to meet women. There's no things to do with women other than going out to bars and cinemas. And there's, you know, all these different things that are coming from this very rigid frame of, of this new, I don't even know if it's new, of, of this dating culture that we have today. It might date back a long time. I don't know. But I definitely, you know, there was a shift in me where, yeah, I, I thought, okay, I need to be the man that the woman I want would, comfortable, would be comfortable being with or would be attracted or would, would feel a pull towards, you know, like, okay, so if I want a woman who has her shit together, who's mission oriented, who's uh, got a good balance between her heart and her mind and who's, uh, 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 you know, has a crazy ravishing sexuality, but at the same time has a good humor and, uh, you know, all these different things. And I thought, Oh my God, I'm just painting a picture of what I want to be like. You know, I'm just painting a picture of what I want to be the masculine um, reflection of. So I definitely, that was definitely a point on the path when I was like, okay, well, I need to be the masculine reflection of this. And then we'll come to me. And it did, you know, as soon as, you know, make no mistake, when I met, met my girlfriend, I was already a few years into my self-development journey. I might've been in a rut, but I was already over a good number of lessons. And especially <laughs> at that point with women, I was, I was at this lesson where I was like, okay, the only um, the only thing I'm going to go by now is how I feel in my heart when I am with that woman, you know, what yeah. I feel in my heart that she embodies, do I embody the same thing and do these things kind of, can they, can they coexist, you know, do yeah. they, do they match? Right. Yeah. And that's what I guess you're calling heart centered. That was a, that was a big thing for me. In fact, well, well the, the first like official date you could say I had with my girlfriend, I remember she was very, um, she was a very classic woman. You know, she's like, we're going to have a few days before you even get to, you know, hold my hand or whatever. And, wow, uh, I like that. Very, very respectable. Right. And yeah. on our first official date, I remember us two just, just touching foreheads, like just having a little gesture of, you know, yeah, it sounds beautiful. And we just had an explosion of energy, just boom, like colors, visions, little like goosebumps and little like woof, shakes in the body. <clears throat> and I thought, whoa, I felt that, you know, I didn't have to think about it. I didn't have to measure her up to some Instagram model that I saw 
or my phone or some like abstract idea of the woman that I want. I felt that. And that's what I'll say to had all you. Had you, had you never felt that before? I'm curious. Like, was that something new to you? Or fairly that new? Or? That, that, I mean, look, of course I felt physically, energetically good being around women. But just the fact that you can, um, just the fact that you can attract what you embody, you can attract, you know, your thoughts, your emotions, your character can turn into reality. And if you have the perception that there's an abundance of quality women out there and any minute of the day is your opportunity to meet them, and then me meeting that woman and having a connection like, boom, you know, like a sparkling spiritual connection, that was definitely the first time. That's yeah. amazing, man. That, that, I mean, it sounds to me like, a, like you know, uh, almost like a psychedelic experience without the psychedelics. Like, uh, that's what it feels like over here. Like, you know, the colors and the, and the feeling and uh, mm. the, the energy. It's, you know, I, I think, you know, for me, I, I considered, you know, ayahuasca and, and things like that. LSD mushrooms, but that's what it feels like for me over here when you. you guys just touched heads and man, boom, you just knew. Like, so I yeah. guess those things that we search for outside of ourselves are already inherently within us. Yeah. Yeah. We were, you know, it really felt like we were just mirroring, we were just mirroring one another. That was no, um, I, that, that's another thing I see a lot of guys do is they meet a woman and immediately from the beginning of the relationship, they try to reshape her. They mm. see her as like some sort of clay figure they can mold into the, the woman that they want. Right. You know, and it's, it's like you either love her, you either find that woman and you love her with all your heart and you accept her with all your heart and it is what it is. Or don't even, don't even jump into it. You're like, don't even, don't even get started. Because if you do, <clears throat> along the way, so many things will come up. You know? Oh yeah. If you feel like you want to remold her from the very beginning, it's not not a good start. I I agree, and I think this is why. Uh, you know, we're not really trained. You know, from from birth in our family. I, I this is my 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 experience. I was not trained to be with a woman in this way. It was just you know what I saw, what I was modeled, yeah. what society showed. Like, I think this is why we why people need coaches is because we really don't have this training to understand that we're not supposed to change the other person and they aren't the problem in all of the issues you're having with that that are coming up in relationship to them is not them it's your shit yeah it is your shit right so it, it you know people ask me well what do you need a coach for and why, why do you need help in dating? And I'm like, because to do it at a, in a, at a high level and to have a long-term, you know, relationship over time that is nourishing and flourishes, I don't want a roommate. I don't want somebody who I'm with. The, the standard is, you know, I've been with this person for 50 years, but we sleep in separate beds and we're together because of the kids. That's what I want. And what I'm seeing you having or co-creating with your queen is something completely different than what society and culture is mm -hmm. modeling and telling us is a relationship, man. And right. so it's, this is kind of maybe foreign, even to some of the listeners. And uh, right. it kind of ties into your book and what you do and how you help men specifically, uh, yeah. which 
inadvertently helps women because you're helping to produce or create the good men out there. You know, there aren't any good men. Well, sure there are. And here they are. They're training with you and they're training with <laughs> other people. There's a ton of them, man. You're just looking, you're looking in the wrong direction. So, yeah, for sure. Yes. I don't know where the fuck I was going with that, but, uh, no, man, you know. it's very well said. I, I appreciate you saying that. And I, and I wholeheartedly agree. It's like, you really, um, you can really extract the essence from everything I'm saying. I really appreciate you doing that. It's awesome. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And yeah, I agree. Like, you know, a lot of people still go to, you know, obviously it's, it's fun. Go, I love to go out, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not a drinker. I'm not a, I like to go out and, and, and dance and talk to people. And I, I like to go out and party that way. I, I party yeah. sober, but I like to go out and do it. But that's not, you know, going out clubbing is not where you look for a life partner. It's not Why is that? Well, share, share with the, like, why, why not? Why don't you do that? Like, also, I'm just also being depends the devil's on what kind of club. Okay. I take that back because it also depends on what kind of club also depends on what kind of life partner you want. But I feel like the person who's listening to this podcast and if <coughs> they do want a profound spiritual connection, they do want a thriving relationship that's constantly evolving. Um, most people that are living in that frame of reality don't spend much time clubbing in my experience. The most yeah. profound connection that I've had with, with people, both friends and, and, and women friends and relationships. Um, I met them at places like the street walking and being like, just, just learning how to speak my truth and, and actually saying hi and being like, yeah. Hey, you, you look interesting. You caught my attention. I would like to meet you. What's up? You know? That's amazing. And, and being vulnerable. Being vulnerable. I, I was just, yeah. yeah, I was just playing devil's advocate. Like, why don't you go to the club and meet? Because yeah, then you continue to get what you've always gotten. And we're offering, exactly. you're offering a different way. And again, I love the vulnerability where you're just being authentic. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want to meet someone like who you, like you've met, then this is the this is the kind of the roadmap. Yeah, and then you, sure. you right. It's true. Well, you know, I think you know the the reason I'm taking that back is because I do have a few friends who have met their partners at a club. Now that I'm thinking sure. about it, yeah, like, yeah, they actually, you know, they're they're together, they're doing their thing. So okay, <clears throat> I would say it's definitely you know I'm not saying there's a right way or wrong way to do it. I'm just saying like if you are one of those people that keeps having relationships that are not fulfilling you, but you keep going back to the same place where that's a club or a bar or a whatever to, to meet people, that might be the issue. You know, you're not going to the place where your ideal partner hangs out. But um, what I was getting to do to, with this whole story was, um, was my breakthrough of the, my breakout of the rut, right? Because my, my, my girlfriend was, was kind of the initiator who said, hey, why don't you, why don't, I want to bring you to, to Italy for my birthday. And I was so kind of her, you know, we had barely known each other, but um, anyway, so, so we went on that trip and um, it was, it was a moment of clarity for me, you know, coming out of Barcelona, big city, um, 3 million people, relatively big city, wow. coming out of Barcelona yeah. and, and suddenly finding myself in the Italian countryside. And I'm just, I'm just, you know, sitting on, on top of this hill amongst the grape what is what are they called the, the vineyards yeah. and different little italian mansions or little vineyard houses and 
beautiful view and beautiful nature and just silence. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck am I fighting and struggling for in life, man? Like, what, what, am, I, what am I running in circles for? What am I trying to chase with getting high or doing anything really stressing about my career or stressing about my, my career as a fighter or my whatever, my fitness? What, what am I stressing about <clears throat> when I can sit here in nature for a minute in silence and I feel completely fulfilled and I feel completely satisfied mm. and there's nothing to be achieved and there's nothing wrong and, and that's it. And that was, a huge, that was a huge turning point for me, just sitting there and thinking, the only thing I want to do now is build a livelihood for myself and for my family where I can enjoy this on a daily basis. Where I can just be out in nature and just be, just, just, just be, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's profound, man. That's really beautiful, and I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Like, a moment of silence gave you clarity in the mountain, in, in the hillsides of Tuscany, in the vineyards, and all of a sudden, like the thing you were looking for was just, yeah, just be, just being for a moment, and yeah. it, it, the download comes from the universe. It, it, yeah, there's a lot of noise. That, I feel like, you know, yeah. maybe what's going on inside your head or for a lot of us is trying to figure everything out. And oh, once you sure. got still and you, you were out there in nature and I feel like that's so important for all of us is to get out into nature, you know, more often to, to, get, that, you know, to get that download. Like, yeah, uh, it, yeah, it feels really important. And it, that's amazing, man. And so, what happens after that? You guys come back from Italy and, and then what, man? You, uh, I'm so curious to know what, what, what happens after that. Um, well, we come back from Italy and, um, and I just realized this shit can go on. You know, like I need to, I need to do, you know, I, I was doing my things. I was, I was spending a lot of time at home getting high. I was spending a lot of time, you know, with people, with women, with, with whatever friends would come over. I was also in the process of, organizing these events I was going to do at the restaurant, like yoga and food events. And, you know, I was basically caught up in a bunch of different things that really served no central purpose. Mm. It was all a big cluttery mess of mm. me trying to indulge in certain things or me trying to pursue something I thought was the main thing to pursue, but I wasn't quite sure where I'm going with it. So that was just a lot of confusion. And that, in that moment, I realized, like, man, there's no, I'm still trying to go outward. You know, I'm still trying to find something to cling on to, to pursue, to, to, to put into my identity, to feel whole. And actually, if I just sit here in silence and in in, here in the countryside, I feel so freaking whole. I don't need nothing else. And so I went back home and I went back to the drawing board and I thought, okay, I need to, uh, I need to recreate my life. You know, I need to restart. I don't want to go back working a sales job. I don't want to go back to marketing. I don't want to go back working hospitality. I don't want to, I don't want to do any of that stuff. What do I want to do? Yeah. And even though I was still injured, I didn't have the, and I, to this day, I still don't have full mobility to my knee. I'm mm -hmm. probably getting surgery in September. So this is like a, you know, it's been a thing, but I was yeah. like, the only thing that I want to be, 
the only thing that I want to do is go deeper into the most ancient um, dis- discipline of, of spiritual growth, and that's yoga. Mm. And, that, and when I say yoga, I, I do mean the postures and the breathing, but I also mean like spiritual yoga, you know, the, the ancient. So, so the asanas? Well, well, oh, there, you know, there's the asanas, right? Which right. are the postures. Yep. And then there's, there's so much more, you know? Yeah, I mean, maybe some of the, I'm not completely familiar, like, so can you speak a little bit more about the, you know, the, the actual yoga, the, yeah, the deep, sure. deep practice of yoga? Absolutely. So, so the yoga that we know here in the West is exactly what you said, is the asanas, is the postures, which is basically over a thousand years, it has developed as like the physical routine of the sages that will do this exercise to keep their bodies fit for meditation. Because on the Indian subcontinent, there's a very, very long-standing tradition of people withdrawing from society and going into the forest and just meditating basically all, all day, every day. And um, this, is the old, this is so old, it's older than Hinduism, which is the oldest religion we know of, um, yeah. one of the oldest, debatable. Uh, it goes back so far that in Hinduism, some of the gods are represented as yogis. Mm. Some of the deities are represented by these sages, by the rishis, they are called, who were just people that were like scientists of consciousness. You know? So, they, so the asanas, if, if I'm understanding you correctly, the asanas is, is the preparation of the body mm. to then be able to go deeper and able to sit for long periods of time and go into the, the consciousness or the, the mind or exactly. is that right? Go, go into a deep meditation and that meditation for, for the yogi. So for the yogi, that, that physical exercise is a very small part of it. Actually, a very mm. big part of it is studying scripture. There's a very, very, very mm, big body of ancient Sanskrit text that, that is to be studied. And, and so much of it yeah. is about spiritual development. You know, these guys 10 plus thousand years ago were already on the case that we are scratching wow. the surface of right now, <laughs> you know? Cool, man. I'm glad you, I'm glad we're like moving that, bringing that with us into this, you know, into this day and time, man. So we can share this with the next generation. Like it's important. Mm-hmm. The work that you're doing is very important. I, I know you, you spent some time in India as well, correct? I did. That's exactly what happened. So, so I, I discovered this. I was like, oh, okay, yoga is more than the postures and meditation goes so deep. Um, yoga actually means union, to unite Sanskrit. And it refers to the union with the divine. So by its whole name, there's a very spiritual aspect to it. I know that there's a lot of people out there practicing yoga who don't really like the whole meditation, but they just in it for the postures. And that's all good. You know, whatever serves you. But yeah. by its origin and by its name, by its nature, yoga was and is today a still, still a very spiritual practice. And so I thought, the one, if I could just do one thing for the rest of my life, they'll be learning about and practicing and teaching yoga. So, mm. so that's when I decided that the next step for me uh, is to go to India. And I was very hesitant about it first. I was like, hmm, maybe I can become a yoga teacher in, somewhere in Europe. Like maybe I can just go to like, I don't know, to, to, to Mallorca or something, to, which is like a smaller island, like a retreat island and do it the easy way and shit. 
And I remember, <laughs> yeah, of course, man. That's our animal ways, yeah. man. Like, get the easy shit, man, rather than take yeah. it out. I get it, man, for sure. Yeah. And I remember my mom saying, you're going to become a yoga teacher and you're going to, you know, get on a plane and travel like 30 minutes. Are you for real? Might as well, <laughs> might as, and my mom's not even big into spirituality or yoga or anything, but she was like, you might as well go to the source. I thought yoga was from India. Why don't you go to India? And I thought, man, yeah, that's, that's right. Why don't I go to India? And then, you know, that was a big thing of facing my fears because I was like, holy shit. I, you know, we hear so many things about India here in the West, like, mm, you know, the streets are dirty. There's like a low standard of hygiene. There's wild animals everywhere. You can get lost, you can get kidnapped, you can get robbed, you can get, oh, so many things can happen, right? Yeah. You can get the coronavirus. <laughs> Yeah, but apparently, you know, India is on lockdown right now too. All of the 1.4 billion people are staying inside right now. So, shout out! It's to amazing. Them. Yeah, big shout out to that. But it's amazing how we don't step into our, you know, our thing because we listen to what's in the collective, man. You know, we yeah. let that. It's crazy, man. But that's a whole nother story, man. So <laughs> it's cool that your mother at. It's cool that your mother asked you the question. You know, it sounds like, you know, you have a cool mom. She asked you and, and you looked inside yourself and thought, yeah, why don't I? Why am I not? And, yeah, then my, you, and it sounds like you went. Yeah. Mom, mommy called me out on it. You know, she was not going to tolerate no bullshit. She was like, you're going to Spain. Go to India. What are you talking about? Go to the source, she said, man. And that woke something up in you and you said, oh, fuck, yeah, I will. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she she is a good mother. Yeah, so she sent me she sent me to India. She was like, you you know, if you go, you better go. And I thought, okay, f fair enough, I'll go. And I was really I was really scared, to be honest with you. I was really scared. I was like, hmm, it's a yeah. twenty six. It was a twenty six hour journey to India. Wow, wow. And I almost got lost like twice. Like I almost got lost coming out of the airport because there's a lot of taxi drivers trying to scam you. I almost got lost doing my transfer and it was my first time traveling <clears throat> that far east because I've been to the Middle East, I've been to Turkey, I've been to Jordan, I've been to a bunch of different countries, but I haven't been to, I haven't been that far east before. Okay. Had not been. And yeah, after a long journey, I arrived in Rishikesh, northern India, and I arrived at the amazing ashram. Ashram is basically the temple schools of, of yoga. I arrived at the ashram of uh, this place called Adi Yoga. And I met my, my guru, my actual guru. Oh, wow, man. Because <laughs> guru like, kind of like Ram Das. Yeah, exactly. You know, Ram Das is, uh, is one of the famous people that's preaching that um, everything is love and there's only one source. That sort of non-dual uh, philosophy, absolutely correct. And we have picked up the guru word and we have completely, we have completely fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We think it's something outside of us, but <coughs> of, of course we need, like, this ties into why someone might need a coach, man, like the guru. It's, they're just pointing you towards a place oh, yeah. inside yourself. They're just like your mirror, mom. Man. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah, man. They're, they're helping you extract the answers within yourself that you, you already have. You, yeah. we know this, you know this. Um, and anyway, man, so you're in India, you meet the guru. I mean, the actual guru, yeah, because, you know, I was, the, the one thing I was very careful with is I didn't want to choose a school where it was just someone that, you know, has been practicing for like a year or two and just, you know, did their certificates of becoming a yoga teacher, teacher, 
uh, as quick as possible and is just teaching to, to uh, as a business. I wanted to learn by someone who's initiated as a guru because gurus come, there's a lineage of lineages of gurus. There's different lineages, right? And yeah. I mean, I don't know, but it sounds like so I'll, it's I'll something you right you're, you're birthed into. <laughs> Well, you're not you're not birth, you're not only born into it, you're uh, you're initiated into it. So to become a guru, you need to serve your guru. I got you. So there's a lineage of gurus that goes back as far back as there's no recorded history. Okay. To pop out of somewhere and be like, "Oh, I am a I am an XY guru." That doesn't like at least in the maybe on Instagram it works that way. You can say, <laughs> "I'm a, you know, a vegan fitness guru, sure. But you cannot pop out of nowhere and be like, I'm a yoga and spiritual growth guru. You cannot right. do that because, because there's lineages and there's initiations. And I was blessed enough to arrive at this ashram and meet my guru called uh, Yogi Chandra Kant. Wow. And so he, his name is Yogi. His, his name literally means somebody who practices yoga, which is basically a title you get for mm. a certain amount of time, certain experience. Um, and he had, man, that guy has crazy stories. He lived 10 years in an ashram in a little temple serving his teacher. He spent like seven months in, the, in a cave in the Himalayas. Uh, wow. He's, 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 the, real, he's yeah. the real deal. He's, he's, he's the real deal. Like you meet him and you're like, okay, this is not an Instagram celebrity. This is a, <laughs> at the same time, he is an Instagram, by the way, if, if anybody wants to check him out, which is funny. Yeah, just, man, well, yeah, let's put. I definitely want to put a link to his uh, to his Instagram in there. I mean, if it served you, then it, it you know there. Absolutely. I'm sure there are other people out there. Maybe some of the listeners that are looking to make this journey, and you know, that's the beautiful thing about technology, right? It like, is, yeah, yeah, it's fucked up, and it, it hurts us in some ways, but it's also a great opportunity to great connect tool. with some amazing, yeah, amazing people. Yes. And hey, Martin, I'm also noticing the time, man. And I don't know how much time we never set context on the front end. You know, I, I could go on forever and ever. I'd really like to get to your book and more about what you're doing in the world and how sure. you can serve the listener. And yeah. uh, I'd, I'd like to talk, you know, as, as we start to wind down, let's, uh, do it. let's do it. Let's, let's dive into, let's fast track from you coming back from India yeah and then where we are now with the book uh i'll fast track it this is the quickest we got to the quickest part you know we've, we've been through we talked through the thick of it um yeah i spent that month I, and i could do this forever man i like because I, I imagine we will yeah and then i want to hear about your story you know so <laughs> that will go on forever and ever yeah we'll do another podcast about we'll my story man. Too, for sure <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I, I spent that month in India, mostly inside the, inside the ashrams. So I didn't go out much. It's not like I saw the whole country or anything. I spent my time there practicing like five hours of physical posture, breathing practice, two hours of theory, scripture, philosophy per day, that kind of thing. Did that for a month. Came back to Barcelona, Spain, and I uh, just started my yoga teaching practice, which I've been doing for the past, over the past year. And um, over that year, more and more, I just went deeper with my journey as, you know, I'm a yoga teacher, but I'm also a yoga student. I'm also a spiritual development student myself. So I kept reading and immersing myself in this world. And I kept <clears throat> looking for the way I can serve the world to my best ability. 
you know, the way yeah, I can help humankind, if you want to put it that way, right? Which yeah, is a man. big statement to make, but you know, we are all, if you're a construction worker, if you're a janitor, if you're a Amazon delivery guy, you are helping our collective society in some way, maybe to yeah. your best ability or to the best, you know, according to your circumstances at that time, right? Absolutely. Yeah, man. It, it's the collective consciousness. It's the, yeah. the physicality is, is being driven by the consciousness. So you are helping the, the whole being become yeah. elevated, man. Absolutely. And, and I think that's what we need. It doesn't matter. We're, there are no levels of you know like you know i'm here and you're there yes you know we're all here now (laughs) together man trying to help one another it's not it sounds like you come to a place of service man where you could help everyone yeah yeah i've I've come to a place where what i i realized it was time for me to come back to my coaching practice which i had left for it was like on and off but I came back to Barcelona, I immediately got back to it a little bit, but not like full steam, you know? Yeah. Um, and I've been teaching yoga for a while, and, and I, just started, I just started align. The, the more I was aligning myself to, to what I was feeling that I had to give, and the more I figured out the best way to reach people that needed that same thing that I had to give, the more I saw opportunity to actually work as a coach full time and actually have my coaching business be my main project, right? Yeah. So that's when I, <clears throat> that's when I defined the concept of, of mindful masculinity after having talked to dozens, if not hundreds of men, and, and talking to them about what's happening in your life and what is it that's causing you suffering? What is it that you are struggling with? And a lot of the times what came up was relationships a lot of the times what came up was work a lot of the time there was always different physical like you said physical elements to it but at the center of it what it was all about was purpose right yeah yeah purpose man and so i came back to my coaching practice with the idea that I am here to help men be mindful of their own authentic masculinity and to, to let go of all these external concepts that I, that we had built around that I talk about this a lot in my book. My book is like, it's a very concise, it's not even a book. It's a little manual, you know, it's a, it's a concise manual on how you can just unlearn the bullshit, you know, unlearn what you think you have to be like to be a man. And just embody that purposeful, penetrating, initiating, proactive energy that is the masculine energy. Whatever form, shape, way that takes in your life, just just embody it with no shame, with no guilt. And, you know, for me, look, I'm a yoga teacher. Yeah. I'm I'm a vegan, right? I'm... I love cleaning and cooking and I love dancing, right? I love singing and I love art and I love poetry. And these are all things that society might call feminine, right? Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, and I used to be ashamed. There was like some sort of shame or guilt about these things for me. And because I thought like, "Mm, this is like, you know, I'm not really a man because, because of these things. 
And then at a certain point, I started embodying this as just the manifestation of my own masculinity. You know, that's just the label we use. That doesn't make me less of a man. In fact, being vulnerable about these things and opening myself up fully is the biggest act of strength and courage and masculinity that one can do and accepting oneself, right? On that pursuit of mission and, 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 and purpose and freedom. And so that's, that's the same gift that I try to share with, with whoever, what I, whoever I come in contact with, you know, whether that's just through, uh, through a message or a comment on social media, or if somebody decides that they're interested in doing one-on-one work with me, that's exactly the type of stuff that we dive into. Man, that's so powerful to hear you say that. I think that so many, I just know from my experience that had I had this sort of help when I was younger, because I feel like we're so... I was so stuck in what was modeled to me and I didn't have anybody modeling this. And I was, you know, I would be afraid to, you know, we, I feel like we still have that wired in us that if we uh, move away from our family of origin or what's considered normal, that, you know, we're going to get eaten by the saber tooth tiger. Like we have to stay within <laughs> yeah. the, con- we have to stay within the confines, but it's beautiful that men like you are doing work like this to, yeah not only you're embodying it, you're modeling it, and you're saying it's okay. So you're giving the next man permission to do the same thing. And I, I think it's work that's definitely needed. And, you know, if, if, if there's someone out there listening, what, what would be the first step for that man? Because you work, you work specifically with men, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. So if I'm a man out there struggling with, you know, all of the things you're talking about, I'm working a job that I don't like. I'm in a relationship that I don't care for. I hear this podcast. What's the next move? What can I do, you know, to, uh, to kind of, you know, raise my hand and step forward, man. You know, it's kind of scary to me. What would you tell that man? The two simplest, simplest things that you can do is sit down every single day, whether that's five minutes or 10 minutes, to just sit in silence and that's all you do. You don't need to call it meditation. You don't need to give it a certain technique or, or whatever. Just sit and be with yourself and see how you feel, you know, observe how you feel. I think that's so important. We, we don't get to do that. You know, 90% wild guess of our population doesn't do that. Yeah. And we just have no, idea what our internal world is like so that's very the very very first step is to just sit and and be with yourself and get to know yourself that that i would say that would be number one and number two another very simple habit every day you wake up write down what you're grateful for mm. and, just, and why would i why would i want to do that martin why would why would i want to have a why would i want to be grateful because it stops, it stops you from being a little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it stops you from whining, being in your victim. Yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. It stops, snaps you out from being the little poor, poor me victim. You know, I'm working off our job. My girlfriend's bitching and shut the fuck up and look at what you're, what you have in life. You know, no, man. And yeah, if you're listening no, to this I... podcast right now, you can write down internet connection, smartphone or laptop, probably roof over my head. Clothes on my back. I'm alive. I'm breathing. You've got five things there already, which you can be very, very grateful for. You're amongst the, you know, we forget in the Western society of today, 
we are among we are the most privileged human beings that we know of. Yeah. yeah. We are so privileged. So with that, you're gonna have a kick-ass life if you just remember that every day. Every day that that lands for me so I was just having a conversation with a friend and his son earlier. And we were talking about this very thing, shifting from a victim mindset into uh, a stance of gratitude and mm. what a huge shift. Not, I have to do this, but I get to do these things. Yes, man. exactly. Yeah. I get to do this. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that was that, a big reality really, check. Yeah, that's, that's very powerful. In, uh, in winding down, I like to ask the men on the podcast and the women, you know, I'd like to ask you one final question is, uh, and before we let the listener know where they can find you, all your social media, which yes. we'll also put links in the show notes. And, uh, but what is your understanding of what it means to be a conscious man mm. in today's day and age, in the coronavirus day and age, and, and where we are now in society? Uh, yeah. I'm always curious to know what your answer is. To, to me, to be a conscious man, and I feel like that definition is so close to, to what I mean when I say to have, to be mindful of your masculinity. For me, those, those you know, are pretty close, if not the same thing. Yeah. I would say it's to be a warrior with an open heart. Dude, you know? boom, fucking mic. <laughs> yeah, dude, boom, mic drop, bro. That's, yeah, that's it. Like, that's, yeah, 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 man. And, <laughs> and let the listener know where they can find you, man, please. Um, you can find me on martinmezei.com. That's Martin with an I, M-E-Z-E-I.com. You can also find me on Instagram at the Martin Mezei. And you can find me on Facebook. I'm very, very happy to connect with people. I use my personal face to connect with people. I find it a great way, very direct. And even if it takes me a week or two, I get back to the people that reach out to me, that message me. And also they can find me in the Mindful Masculinity Facebook group where I'm running uh, regular challenges around purpose and overcoming insecurity and confidence and those things. So hopefully you get to put those links in the description and then people can hit me up on all of those platforms. I'm very much looking forward to connecting with anyone who's, uh, who's interested and who's, who's, who resonates with everything that we talked about today. Yeah, man, that's beautiful, man. That's how we hooked up. And I, I'm, a, I'm just appreciating you. And I want to acknowledge you for all the work you've done on yourself and in all the work you're doing to help, you know, elevate the collective consciousness, man. It's, uh, it's a beautiful thing, man. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you, man. I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored, man. I'm very humbled to be on this podcast and to have had this talk with you. And I think it's the first of our first of many talks to be had. And I really yeah. appreciate you and your work and what you're doing with this podcast. And to all the guys listening, uh, the shift that people like Scott are doing with with projects like these are are amazing, man. It's really there's a big, big shift thanks to people like yourself that do this work and that provide the voice and the platform. So I honor you and I thank you for that. Oh man, thank you, brother. Amazing, man. Well, uh, everyone have a fucking awesome uh, lockdown, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, man. I keep forgetting we're on lockdown. Yeah. Or if you're listening after log after the lockdown, happy on on lockdown. We'll do another fucking podcast. Hopefully, we're not on lockdown for too long. But after we get off the lockdown, we're gonna have some sort of celebration, man. And we'll do another podcast to celebrate our freedom, Uh, even though we're free, but like our unlockdownness. 
Yeah, sounds awesome, man. Thank you so much, brother. And uh, you got it, man. Out. Much love. Peace out. Bye bye.